It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening or watching, we hope you're doing all right. We want to give a special shout out uh, to all of our new viewers on Holyfield TV. We're glad to be part of Holyfield TV's sports programming and we're glad to have you part of our day every day. And don't forget about our app. Go to Fight TV. That's F-I-T-E dot TV slash Billy C. Download our app today and uh, check out the show on your phone or anything else you got that you can, uh, you know, keep in your pocket or whatever. Uh, Our app, www.fight.tv slash Billy C. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. We'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to throw down a couple of pizzas and uh, some other stuff they got there, too. And uh, don't forget, if you're in the uh, WGIG listening area in Brunswick, Georgia, and you haven't gotten uh, some Italian food at Sal's, you're missing out. So uh, give my man a call. Order it today, 912-268-2328. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Bottom line, it helps us and it helps you. So help, help us help you and you can help you help us. And I, just I'll tell you what, just go to the website, www.billycboxing.com and click on Gawk Box and create an account today. doesn't cost you nothing, but it can save you something. Gawk Box. Today's show is also uh, being brought to us in part by my book. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. You can literally get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Just visit Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Find out why we got a five-star rating across the board. Now you're looking to get a signed copy? Don't worry about it. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and uh, click on the book. You can't miss it. Um, Today's show, uh, we're going to give you our final thoughts of the snooze fest that we called uh, Canelo Alvarez against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I I guess it wasn't a snooze fest. It was just a one-sided beatdown. But more importantly, we're going to start talking about the most uh, anticipated fight outside of the heavyweight division because obviously Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko gave us the fix that we really needed 
and the fix that boxing needed by fighting each other in a spectacular fight a couple weeks ago. But uh, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez now set for September 16th. We'll talk about that. We got some other fight results to uh, chat about. We got some sports scores. We got emails. We got all that stuff. Dax Khan will be coming up uh, in a little bit. Uh, give us his final thoughts as well as uh, an outlook on uh, what he thinks will happen, uh, Triple G, against Canelo Alvarez, and then whatever else is going on in social media. This week's Blast from the Past, which will be on Wednesday, Alex Papali uh, will join us and tell us all about Miguel Canto, uh, another request from you. Later in the show, we'll also have our trivia question, which is still active. Everybody crying. Crying, I won't mention any names, but his initials were Kevin. Crying every single day in the chat room about the trivia question. Now uh, uh, we got a tough one, and uh, I'm here in crickets. You know, uh, Kevin, where are you, man? Well, I get this one right. But uh, anyway, getting it right. Well, here's a guy. He's a uh, New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer. He's a Guinness Book of World Record holder. And he can throw a pie from here to uh, St. Simons. Actually, he can throw a pie from St. Simons to here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal Rocky Senecola. What's up, Sal? Good morning, Billy. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, building an arc because it hasn't stopped raining here in uh, the last five days. But aside from that, my lawn looks like I should get a, a, a hay baler over here. But uh, aside from that, everything's honky-dory. How about you, my man? That's good. We uh, Well, we're, we're slowly creeping into the 80s and uh, sunny today. We need a good rain. It's uh, It's been dry down here. Been dry. Been dry. Well, you can have uh, all of uh, our rain, uh, to be Take honest it with down. you. Funnel it down. It's, channel it. Channel it. Yeah, I will. Remember, I remember, you know, what is it with you guys down there? All you want is, uh, you know, precipitation. <laughs> you know, when I was telling you about all this snow, you're like, oh, please bring some snow here. I'm like, you want it? Yeah, you got it. You know, Hey, speaking of snow, believe it or not, Sal. We got a chance of snow tonight and tomorrow night. Can you believe that? We're in we're in friggin' May. You know, I, I unbelievable, right? That is unbelievable. That is crazy. Reminds me when I was a kid, uh, boy. I think it snowed on Easter Sunday one uh, one year, and that was uh, that was in May. Yeah, crazy. No, Easter Sunday's in April. <laughs> no, i I'm, uh, yeah, but it was Easter Sunday. It did snow in April. That's it was right. a it was a Sunday after Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. A Sunday I, after Easter. Uh, it's a it's a little it's a little early yeah, for yeah, you, I'm but my, uh, uh, anyway, Sal. Okay. Um, yes. Let's uh, let's just uh, real quickly go through uh, uh, these fight results. And then we can yes. comment on them. First and foremost, uh, in case you guys missed it, which you would have been very lucky, and you would have saved yourself seventy bucks or whatever it was. Yeah, sixty nine ninety five. Uh, Julio um, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, really uh, <laughs> put up a stinker. I mean, uh, all this stuff. I mean, including myself. Man, was I totally wrong. I went out on a limb, and uh, the branch she just broke when I said uh, uh, go with. Uh, uh, Chavez. I even was talking to one of my guys who's uh, <clears throat> up in college right now, and hopefully he'll be getting out <laughs> soon. But uh, I said, you heard it here first. Uh, you know, Chavez will beat Canelo. Well, uh, man, was I wrong. And uh, Julio Cesar Chavez uh, not only let me down, but uh, a lot of his uh, Mexican fans and especially his father. Uh, he sh- was there for 12 rounds, yeah. but didn't do much. Uh, 
Canelo Alvarez dominated uh, my scorecard as well as all three judges had it, 120 to 108, not giving uh, Julio one round. Uh, Canelo Alvarez improves to 49 wins, one loss, one draw, and 34 of his wins coming by knockout. Uh, Chavez, well, he drops to uh, 50 wins, uh, three losses, and a draw with uh, 32 of his wins coming by knockout. And uh, I would imagine uh, that that's the end of his career. Uh, Now, uh, some quotes after the fight, because the biggest announcement uh, and the best part of this fight was the announcement that uh, Canelo Alvarez will finally uh, man up and uh, step into the ring against Triple G. They announced it uh, right there uh, after the fight. And uh, after the fight, I I have some quotes from uh, all three uh, of the guys, one of them being Canelo, the second one being the uh, <clears throat> hapless uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And the third being Triple G himself. Uh, first, let's get rid of uh, the guy who uh, showed up for a payday and didn't do much else. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. said, Canelo beat me. He beat me at distance. He's an active fighter. He's very good, and he beat me. I wanted a box, but when he went to the ropes, I just needed to throw more punches. I would have attacked more, but I would have been uh, countered by his punches Nacho told me to do that, but the strategy didn't work. The speed and distance was the key. I didn't feel that much power because I felt dwindled. I couldn't throw as many punches as I wanted. My father kept telling me to throw more punches from ringside. Um, You know, the bottom line is, you know, Sal, we're always talking about fighters that say, I don't want to make an excuse, but this clearly was an excuse. Uh, I, you know, I, yeah, he says he couldn't throw as many punches. Everybody's telling him to throw more punches. If he can't pull the trigger, then his career is over. And to suggest that, you know, it was Nacho's fault, um, I, maybe it was, but you don't say that at the podium. And, and when, you know, from your point of view, you know, you go in with a game plan, and, and it was a stupid game plan. I mean, let's be real. No disrespect to Nacho, uh, but... Uh, uh, that's not your uh, game plan against, uh, you know, Canelo. I mean, it just, it wasn't. Maybe they, they tried to, to do it in the first couple of rounds. But when do you, you, you kick that game plan to the curb and go to g- game plan B, Sal? Well, you have to have that plan B. And, you know, the whole thing is this. I didn't even see him effectively carry out plan A. You know, it, it was, uh, like you said, Canelo voluntarily put his back ropes he didn't put him there i mean he wasn't put there by uh chavez and and he was in a perfect position for him to counter yes but also for chavez to be in front of him and just tee off and take his shots pick his shots and look where he's gonna hit and he tried to do it and he did at times there was a left there was a right maybe a hook but there was no four five six it was it was almost like he would go boom 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 step back and that's when Canelo would boom, 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 you know, come right back on him. He didn't follow up with enough punches. That's the math, you know. Actually speaking, you're going to throw more punches. You're going to land more punches. Uh, so the bottom line is he did not throw enough punches. This is true. He didn't throw enough punches, and he wasn't aggressive enough. And uh, no. he says, and in this quote, he said, I would have attacked more, but I would have been countered by his punches. Well, to what? me, that's what? saying... I didn't want to get hit by him. I didn't want oh, him to hit me. God. I, you know, don't hit me. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. Don't Please hit don't hit me. me. You know, I, I mean, come on, man. I, there's no fire. Listen, Julio no, Cesar no Chavez Jr., you know, it, it is what it is, but the guy had no fire in his belly. He never did. 
I think it's over. This was his last, last, last chance, Sal. I don't want to see him again inside the ring. Let him go off yeah. into the sunset. His father uh, was uh, was crushed uh, by his lack of effort, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the near future we read that the relationship between uh, Junior and Papa Chavez uh, is strained. What do you think? Well, I, I believe so. I mean, this that's it's hard to say what happens in a family mechanics there with the with their relationship. However, but I think that uh, Chavez, uh, it's going to be a long time uh, that fans are going to want to see him fight anybody. I mean, sure, he can fight uh, second-tier opponents, and he could tee off and do his thing and build up his career, but but any real significant fight, you know, I, I don't see him really uh, with that kind of performance getting past. He certainly uh, will not get past a David Lemieux, uh, anybody, those, any one of those top contenders. Uh, nothing going on with uh, even a welterweight Keith Thurman. He's not going to go down that far. But, I mean, it, there, there wasn't. There's nothing else left for him to do right now and uh, to restore that credibility in my eyes. Now, I could be wrong. Let's see. But, uh, like I said, the fighter that showed up for that fight that night was not the fighter that we all put our bets on or, or just counted on seeing at least a good performance from him going down, swinging, whatever it might have been. But he, he didn't offer that. It was just a lackluster attempt to step into the ring and be a sparring partner. And that's all he was, a glorified sparring partner, because that's what it looked like. No, you're right. You're right. And I didn't realize he was a mechanic. Uh, he, uh, he, he's a mechanic? Oh, anyway, he he, maybe, he should, maybe he should try a different field uh, like being a mechanic. Mechanism. Uh, Canelo said, tonight Canelo. I showed I could move, I could box, I showed as a fighter I can do all things. He says, I thought I was going to showcase myself as a fighter that could throw punches, but he just wouldn't do it. I've shown I can do lots of things in the ring. Anything a fighter brings, I've shown I can showcase myself. I wanted to try something new. I never sit down in sparring, and I didn't want to sit down here. Triple G, you are next, my friend, he said. He said, uh, the fight is done. I've never feared anyone since I was 16, fighting as a pro. When I was born, fear was gone. I never got my share of fear. I'm very happy, and the rivalry is going to show my skills even more. I've had difficult fights, and that will no doubt be a tough fight. But I always say Canelo Alvarez is the best because I fight the best. Well, he's certainly fighting the best in the middleweight division. And Triple G said, I feel very excited right now. It's a different story. In September, it will be a different style, a big drama show. I'm ready. Tonight, first congratulations to Canelo and his team. Right now, I think everyone's excited for September. Uh, Canelo looked very good tonight, and 100%, he is uh, the biggest challenge of my career. Good luck to Canelo in September. Canelo uh, had kind of a wise-ass comment to that. Uh, here, uh, Triple G was trying to be, uh, uh, you know, polite and, and showing that, you know, it's business as usual. You know what Canelo said, Sal? Luck is for mediocre people. What do you think of the little exchange between those two uh, to That's kick off uh, the announcement of the fight? That's taking place September 16th. Well, that was the first kind of volley with the with the words, and uh, you know, I, I hear Canelo using that term mediocrity a little bit, you know, late, and I think he's suggesting that maybe uh, that Triple G is mediocre at best, but uh, we will find out in September, and uh, <clears throat> I see that being a pretty good action-packed fight, not taken away from either fighter. I think uh, I think they'll rise to the occasion, and that's going to be one of the fights of the year that we're going to see. Well, hopefully, and hopefully. I would think that, uh, you know, in, in lieu, and we'll talk a little more about that uh, here in a few minutes. I, I want to just uh, get the other fights uh, 
results out of the way here. But, yes. uh, you know, um, just touching on the, the mega fight for set for September 16th between uh, Canelo and, and Triple G, it's going to be interesting as time goes on to find out some of the details of the contract, uh, what the weight's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be a max weight of 160. Uh, but we all know that Canelo has kind of evolved into a, I'm the A-side guy. I want everything my way. Uh, you know, obviously he's challenging Triple G, so he's not walking out first. That, that's, that's not happening. The location of the fight is still up in the air. There's some rumor that it might take place in Dallas uh, at the uh, Dallas Cowboy Stadium. Uh, but who knows? Uh, we do know it'll be a pay-per-view, and I think it'll do uh, pretty well. Uh, my early thoughts are, are pretty much like everyone else, you know, uh, looking at Canelo's performance, even though uh, Chavez Jr. didn't put up much of a fight. He looked fantastic against uh, Chavez Jr., and when you look at uh, Triple G's last two uh, fights, uh, he looked um, mediocre at best. Uh, I would think that uh, Canelo will be bigger than uh, Triple G. You know, a lot of people uh, think and always say, well, most of the time when you refer to the possibility of Floyd fighting Triple G, oh, he's so big, he's so big, you know, Triple G is so big. And that's not the case. We saw that against Daniel Jacobs. He was way smaller. And I think you're going to see that difference between uh, Canelo and Triple G. Triple G may have a, a, an inch or so height advantage, but as far as overall body thickness and build, uh, Canelo is uh, is going to be the bigger fighter. And come fight night, Canelo is going to weigh more than uh, Triple G. I, I, you know, I would bet uh, my last dollar on that one, Sal. Uh, what do you think real quick before we take a break here? Yeah, I think you're right. He'll come in bigger, but will that extra weight be uh, a deficit for him or, or enhance his ability to uh, to carry that weight and use it effectively? I don't know. That we're going to have to see. You know, don't forget, this was Canelo fighting. Uh, who knows uh, what the weight was that he stepped into the ring. You know, sometimes when you make a weight class, even though you have 24 hours nowadays to, to replenish yourself, you're still walking in heavier than what you usually train at and what you fight at. So, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I would assume if he's going to try and be a big, big guy that night. Uh, it might slow him down. It might not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll hear all the hype and all the uh, predictions and all the other stuff as far as weights. And uh, uh, I think it's just going to be a great fight. And uh, I'll tell you who I think when you ask me the question. All right. Well, listen, let, let's uh, let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, I'll finish up with the uh, rest of the uh, fight results. And then we'll get right into uh, uh, our thoughts on the big fight coming up. So uh, we'll be back in about two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us today. And uh, don't forget about getting a copy of my book. Just visit our website, www.billycboxing.com. 
and uh, click on the book. You can't miss it. Or you could just go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and uh, get yourself a copy there. Um, I'm here with uh, my man Sal Rocky Senecola in a little bit. We'll have uh, Dax Khan joining us. Um, first and foremost, uh, I, I will say this, Sal. We, uh, we had uh, some other fights on that card. And uh, uh, first, uh, the co-main event, David Lemieux, uh, he improved to 38-3 and with 33 knockouts. Uh, when he won a uh, unanimous decision over Marco Reyes, who drops at 35 and five with 26 knockouts, um, you know I, he won the fight. He won virtually every round. The three judges, uh, two of them had it uh, 99 to 90, and one had it 99 to 91, uh, all in favor of David Lemieux. And Sal, I felt he dominated the fight without any any inkling of of uh, you know suffering uh, a loss or or even getting hurt in the fight but a, a lot of things became uh, uh pretty apparent to me number one I, I thought that he was in you know a little better shape than his last fight when he destroyed curtis stevens but number two i i, I see a lot of a lot of holes in his game that's going to affect him if he takes tries to take on like the winner of canelo and uh triple g or or even a daniel jacobs uh fight i mean uh he needs to uh, i've been saying this all along we we said it prior to the fight but he needs to uh, work on his defense, uh, maybe uh, his hands up a little higher, maybe some more head movement because he virtually has none. And he also needs to get away from the headhunting attitude. I mean, yes, he's a, a knockout puncher. Uh, we all know that. Uh, but uh, but he, I felt that if he would have went downstairs a little bit uh, against Reyes, he, he would have stopped him. But instead... Every time he felt that he had him in trouble, he just went hunting for the head. And I, again, I think that's going to hurt him uh, when you get to the uh, A-tier uh, fighters in the middleweight division. What's your thoughts on the fight and his performance? Pretty much what you just said. I think, you know, his fight, plan for that fight. He went out there, he caught Reyes early and uh, hurt him. And that was evident. <clears throat> but when he couldn't finish him by the fourth or fifth round, he knew he was going to be in for a longer fight, but he continued to abandon the body, abandon boxing style. He went there with some big shots trying to tee off, and, and he headhunted, basically. And uh, he forgot about all of his uh, skills that he had looked at improving after his Triple G fight. I mean, every fight he's had since that Triple G fight, he steadily improved. You saw some more polish on his style, uh, along with a devastating punch. And uh, I'll tell you what. He still has some power in there that, that is, is going to lay a lot of these guys out. But uh, he definitely took too many shots. He forgot about going into the body. And uh, I, I think a win's a win here. And uh, he'll go back to school. And hopefully he'll uh, look a little bit more uh, uh, multidimensional when he can go to the body, cut the ring off a little bit, and uh, work a fighter with, with, a, with a real plan in mind. Again, you know, when when you go into a fight, good fighters and, and good trainers go in with a couple of different plans. You mm -hmm. know, after he wasn't able to stop um, Reyes early on, again, I, I would think that you'd have to go to plan B and start chopping down a tree. You know, I mean, I, I, I know I keep saying it, and I, and I know I sound like a broken record, but, you know, he's got to go to a body more, especially against a guy that was bigger than him, where he was given up several inches in height, and he had all of that torso to work on. Uh, you know, how, when do you blame the training staff for, for not telling him, or do we assume that he just didn't carry the instructions out? 
I mean, we could assume he didn't carry the instructions out because, you know, the training staff, they, they, they should know. I mean, we're not talking about lower tier fighters that uh, have a have a bumbling cornerman. We're talking about a you know an an A team that uh, does know what they're doing and knows how to prepare a fighter and does know how to look out during the course of a fight. What are the available options there and what's happening and what would be able to uh, as far as style changes and subtle changes to make a difference. And I would assume that they would relay this to their fighter and. Either the fighter didn't comprehend it or, or utilize it or just ignored it and did his own thing. I don't know. Well, that's, that's what I assume. That's been my, my hang-up uh, with a lot of these trainers of today. They're, they're rah-rah men. They're, they're in yeah. the corner. Uh, Go get him, El. You're winning. Oh, you're doing this. Hey, here, you want a sip of water? Hey, 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 you need some more water? Hey, 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 dump some ice on him. Okay, ding, go out there. You know, I mean, I, you know, they're not giving him any instruction, you know. And if, remember... That's not that's not the original trainer for uh, for David Lemieux. Uh, he originally was with uh, Russ Amber, so uh, you know he's gone through some trainers. But uh, anyway, on that card, we also saw the return of former world champ Lucas Matisse. Uh, he improved to thirty eight and three with thirty three knockouts uh, when he won a uh, unanimous decision over Marco. Oh, I'm sorry, when he uh, he improved to thirty eight and four with thirty five knockouts when he scored a fifth round stoppage over Emmanuel Taylor. That's what happens when you get old and you're not uh, reading uh, properly. Uh, you read the same lines over and over. Um, <laughs> Emmanuel Taylor uh, hit the deck uh, early and then uh, hit the deck again, uh, and uh, uh, Jay Nady waved it off at 2 minutes and 21 seconds uh, of the uh, fifth round. Uh, Matisse uh, looked good against Taylor. I'm not that impressed with Taylor. I know he's... Be Listen... Uh, the the blueprint for for star boxing's fighters are simple, you know. Uh, Joe DeGuardi and star boxing, all they do is is feed their fighters cupcakes until they get title shots. And Emmanuel Taylor has been in the limelight for big fights uh, in his last half a dozen fights, and um, you know every time he stepped up, uh, he's come up short, and and uh, that's evident with the five losses he has. The twenty wins were all against. Uh, uh, not so great opponents. Uh, I do give him an A for effort. He did try. And, and I will say this, Sal, Lucas Matisse moving up now to welterweight. Uh, and, and by the way, both fighters moved up to welterweight because both fighters were previously uh, more successful as a junior welterweight. As good as Matisse may have looked or people are making it sound like he looked against Emmanuel Taylor, I'm not so sure at uh, 34 years old, 35 years old, whatever he is, that he's going to carry what he was successful with in the lower weight division, and that's punching power. I think these welterweights of today are way bigger uh, than, uh, well, you know, people say, oh, how could they be weight? Well, because they weigh in the day before, then they put on another 15 pounds. I, I just don't see the power carrying. I, I don't think it was evident against Taylor. Taylor, a tough guy, but not so much with the chin. I, I mean, I know it was the first time he was officially knocked out, but he's been... Uh, uh, banged up pretty much. I, I don't know. What, what did you see? Do you think he still possessed the power uh, in the welterweight division, Sal? Yeah, I think he'll carry it. I think he'll carry it. I think he'll carry uh, most of that power up with him. He He's going to just reposition his body uh, and follow through. It's going to be a new weight distribution for him. And uh, But I think he'll still have some power. I, still, I think he'll still have some pop in his bunch. And uh, we'll, see, we'll have to see. Let's look for the next fight. 
Is that sort of like the crunch in the Captain Crunch? I mean, it uh, the is pop the crunch, oh, okay. the pop and okay. the punch, the crunch and the punch. <laughs> All right, snap, pop, pop, huh? snap, crackle, and pop. Huh? Um, That's right, it's Krispies. They don't. Oh, they don't right, right, right. Well. I'm getting, I'm getting my uh, cereals wrong. But uh, and uh, finally, uh, in the opener, uh, a fight that I knew would. Uh, uh, be competitive, and it was uh, for the most part. Jojo Diaz improved to 24 0 with 13 knockouts uh, when he uh, beat uh, Tino Avila uh, via a unanimous decision. Uh, Tino uh, loses for the first time in his career. He drops to 22 and 1 with eight knockouts. A cut uh, seemed to bother Avila uh, in that fight, Sal, and, and he just never seemed to. To, to get it going. At least that's what I saw. Did you uh, notice anything along those lines? No, well, a little bit, yeah. I think uh, from the highlights that I saw, I read that as well as you did. Um, also on Saturday, uh, from the land down under, uh, yeah, Joseph Parker uh, made the first uh, title defense of his WBO World Heavyweight title a successful one when he uh, went the distance with uh, late sub- uh, Razvan Kajanu. Uh, Joseph Parker improves to 23 and 0 with 18 knockouts. And Kajanu drops the third fight of his career. He's now 16 and 3 with uh, nine knockouts. Uh, the way the judges scored that one 119, 108, 117, 110 twice. Um, after the fight, they uh, interviewed uh, Huey Fury, who was supposed to fight him. And he says, ah, I'll knock him out. I'll knock him out. Um, of course. Whatever, you know, I mean, you know, everybody's tough after the fights, but uh, Parker doesn't, he wasn't that impressive. Uh, Kajanu, I would have thought he would have stopped them. Kajanu is not exactly a, a world beater, um, and he certainly came in uh, much heavier than he had been when uh, I watched him with the ESPN Heavyweight Tournament where he looked pretty decent. Uh, one other thing on that card, Kostazu's son, Tim Tazu, improved to 4-0 with three knockouts. Uh, when he took care of Ivana uh, Sayu, uh, knocking him out in uh, two. Uh, Sayu drops to three wins, seven losses, and a draw with three of his wins coming by knockout. Hey, Sal, we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, uh, Friday night fight results. Disheartening for me because uh, uh, I, was, I was a big fan of a guy who uh, pretty much uh, let me down. Yes. At least... Uh, that's the way uh, I look at it. I, I feel that uh, uh, he's uh, definitely uh, let me down. So in any event, let's take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about that and some other news. And uh, in a little bit, probably uh, uh, in about a half hour or so, we'll get Dax Khan on. Uh, so uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And... Uh... We're back. You're listening to The Billy C Show right here on Holyfield TV. We're glad to be part of the uh, Holyfield Television Network sports programming. And uh, if you haven't uh, checked us out on Holyfield TV, check your uh, local listings for uh, 
the times and the channel that Holyfield TV is on. Uh, as a matter of fact, not only is it on uh, DirecTV, uh, but it's also on uh, uh, television stations from coast to coast, uh, including uh, Comcast. So uh, uh, check it out. Uh, I'm sure you have it somewhere. You know, it's uh, I had to look for it, but I got it. You know, so uh, anyway, I'm here with uh, Sal Rocky Senecola and Sal uh, Friday night. Um, uh, Yorikus Gamboa uh, fought on ESPN, and uh, um, I, I was really disappointed in the fight. I mean, he was dropped a, a plethora of times and uh, finally quit uh, in uh, uh, the seventh round. He uh, refused to uh, uh, come out uh, for the eighth. So uh, at the end of the seventh, he told his corner he was done. Uh, another new corner with a guy he drops to 26-2. and two. Uh, Robinson Castellanos, the victor, a veteran, a tough guy that uh, gave it all to uh, to Gamboa. He improves to twenty two and eleven with thirteen knockouts. What's your thoughts on the fight? Well, you know, Castellanos went out there uh, like he was supposed to win. He just took control. He dropped the Gamboa early, and you know, I was pulling for Gamboa. I, uh, you know, I like him, but uh, I'll tell you, he. Uh, he didn't have any answers. I mean, uh, Castellanos just kept uh, kept on top of him, kept on top of him, uh, jumped on him, and 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 just unleashed uh, an arsenal of punches that just continually dropped him. And uh, there was no coming back. It was like getting knocked down from a big wave in Hawaii and standing back up, and there's another one, and then standing back up, there's another one. And you know, quitting in a ring is is a hard hard one to swallow. You might as well say goodbye to your career. And uh, maybe that, uh, like I said, I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what to say. I mean, do you go back out and get another wave to get knocked down or eat the punches? Or do you, or, or do you just stop going out in the, in the, into the water or into the ring? And, and uh, I, I wouldn't choose to go out that way. But, uh, again, that's why everybody is a different, has a different approach and different personality. You know, I normally, especially lately, uh, and that's thanks to uh, Showtime's uh, main announcer, Rollo, uh, Ronaldo, Morallo, or whatever. Um, I just can't stand listening to them anymore. They're, it's a joke. And uh, Teddy Atlas is no different. However, I did listen to Teddy. Uh, and by the way, uh, man, how much do I miss Joe Tessitore on the, uh, on the ESPN broadcast? Uh, uh, you know, Bernardo uh, Osuma is, is just terrible. He, he's terrible. And B Hop is just as well. I, I mean, between the three of them, between Teddy Atlas talking like he's punch drunk, and uh, Ber- yeah. Bernardo yeah. talking like that, and just not knowing what else to say, and Bernard Hopkins with both of these and beef it up and boof it up, beef it up, you know. I mean, I couldn't understand what the hell they were saying. But the bottom line is that I agree with what Teddy said. I think, um, and Teddy said that. Gamboa has no idea how to fight on the inside. And he blames it on the fact that the kid has so much natural ability that all along his way, as an amateur in Cuba, and then, of course, uh, uh, you know, coming over here to the States, that his hand speed and his punching accuracy and the accumulative uh, punches, uh, you know, uh, took care of his opponents. And nobody ever stepped in and taught this kid how to fight uh, on the inside. And I think when, you know, Teddy was mentioning it, I, I mean, listen, I've been watching Gamboa for a long time, and, and I, to be 100% honest, I never really noticed it, you know? I mean, uh, 
Um, yeah, he knows how to come in and, and hold and, and tie an opponent up. But that's why he's so susceptible of being dropped. You know, he comes inside and his hands get wider than when he's uh, throwing punches, you know, and he just leaves himself open. And I think Teddy was right on with that, uh, uh, you know, a point that he made, Sal. I mean, what do you think when, when, he, when Castellanos got him on the inside, he seemed like a sitting duck? Well, that's exactly it. And, you know, I, I think Teddy, part of what the value is that he brings to that network and to, uh, to announcing is his insight as a competent and professional trainer. And uh, Teddy could see some things that uh, that are evident, and he spotted that right on. And, you know, maybe that is part of the, what uh, they need to go to school for because I don't know if we're going to be able to rebrand. Here's a new, improved inside fighting ability of uh, Gamboa and uh, release, him, uh, release him back into the ring in the world. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think Teddy was right on there. Um, it, you can't answer it. If, if, if you weren't shown – the proper ways to keep the inside and and keep the t punches and and uh, look for your shots and opening bring your position right back up and cover yourself protect yourself and boom work those punches in there you know I, I you assume that most fighters have been in that position where they drill these things I mean that's what we used to do we used to go toe to toe just for minutes and minutes and minutes of rounds just block it and trying to ease, oust each other and one guy would be defensive the other guy would be offensive then they switch around that's what we used to do. And uh, to uh, to see that that was not evident that he even uh, had a clue as far as doing that uh, in a way that he could protect himself in a way that he could dish out punishment was uh, was uh, amateurish and at that level. So uh, you know we'll see what happens in the future. Well, it's like I always say, um, you know, boxing is uh, you know we're missing good teachers. You know, we got rah-rah yes. men. You know, we're, we're not, you know, we don't have any teachers. And, and you know, a kid like Gamboa, maybe a lot of it was on his side because, you know, he came as an accomplished amateur, 300 fights or whatever, and uh, started his pro career. And he's already in his mid-30s. So I think we've seen the last of Gamboa. I, 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 like you said, to rebrand him would be a tough battle. It, it really would. Uh, un unfortunately, Gamboa... Uh, was not handled correctly here in the States, and uh, he fooled uh, everyone with his uh, natural-born talent, and I think Teddy hit it right on the nose. Um, the other fights that we uh, saw on uh, ESPN on Friday, Jesus Rojas improved to 25-1 and one with a couple of draws when he stopped Abraham Lopez uh, in the eighth round. Uh, that was the co-main event. It's in featherweight division. Abraham Lopez was supposed to be the favorite in this fight, uh, I thought Jesus Rojas uh, broke him down uh, to uh, uh, to the point where Tony Weeks had to stop the fight. The official time was one minute and 47 seconds of the eighth round. Did you get a chance to see this one, Sal? I saw some highlights of that one, too. And like you said, here we had an upset and had uh, a dominant fighter throughout the entire fight. And the guy just, uh, just couldn't get on track. Uh, in the opening uh, fight that was on uh, ESPN, um, a middleweight from uh, Brazil, uh, Yamaguchi Falco, improved to 13-0 and with six knockouts when he won a unanimous decision over uh, Morgan Fitch, who, who went into the fight undefeated himself. Uh, he's now 18-1-1 and with eight knockouts. Uh, the way the judges scored it were all in favor of Falco, 100-90, uh, to 90, not giving Fitch uh, one, uh, uh, one round. And again, the... This emphasizes what I say all the time. Undefeated records don't necessarily show what a real fighter is about. Uh, when you looked at Fitch's uh, uh, record, uh, 
you could see that uh, he was uh, protected uh, uh, big time. And he, here's the thing. And this is where, and nothing against Fitch or his team or anything like that, but I want to use him as an example. Because let's face it, Falco was no world beater. You know, I mean, uh, you know, he won the fight. There's no question. I don't disagree with the scorecards one bit, but I can't see him going that far in the middleweight division. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but in the middleweight division, uh, you got to have some pop and you got to knock out your opponents because there's some big, strong guys in the middleweight division. But, but my point, going back to Morgan Fitch, Sal, is simply this. You know, when you give a fighter easy fights, you know, and for argument, say 18 of his uh, uh, 20 fights were, were easy, um, 18 wins, you know, maybe, maybe uh, let's say a couple of those wins might have been, you know, testing or whatever, you know, some tested fights against decent opposition. But for argument's sake, let's just say he's had 18 easy fights, two tough ones. He lost one and had a draw with one. Uh, you're not helping the fighter. And here's where it really hurts, in the pocketbook. Because Fitch earned himself a shot at a decent payday as a, as a opening fight on a major televised uh, boxing show like ESPN. And, 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 he, and, he, and he loses. And that opens up the eyes, Sal, for other promoters and managers to see this kid and say, okay, you know, he's got an impressive-looking record. He looks good at 18-1-1, but he's not too dangerous. Let's get him. And in a sense, by them protecting him and putting him in a position to make a decent payday, I don't know what he made on Friday night, but let's say it was a decent payday, obviously more money than he's ever made in any of his previous uh, fights. In a sense, what they're doing is they're hindering him from making any more. What he's become is an ESPN opponent fighter, which tells me that the most he's ever going to make, if he moves to if he moves to the main event on an ESPN show, he may pull in eighteen grand, maybe, maybe twenty at the absolute most, and he's just ruined himself. And the truth of the matter is, is if he would have been tested a little earlier on and gotten better. Then when he take, took got this example, I mean, uh, got this opportunity against Falco, and and should he have won, now that changes the whole complexion. Now he never makes less than fifteen, eighteen thousand a fight, and he starts moving up. So so realistically, what this tells us is it tells us that the management, which is the manager, the promoter, the trainer, etc., of the fighters, are looking for that one cash out fight where they could say, hey, you know, we just got all our money back. And let's roll the dice with the fighter. And I think that that's what happened with uh, with uh, Morgan Fitch on, on Friday. Now, I could be totally wrong and maybe looking into this a little deeper, but that's generally the scenario uh, of how greed and overprotecting your fighter uh, ends up. W what's your thoughts on that, Sal? Well, you know where I'm going with this one. You know, it's like that luncheon I had with my old trainer, Chicky Ferrara. You know, he, he said, Sal... Let me tell you about it. You got all the talent, all the ability. You just got to remember that we're all bad in this game. I said, what do you mean, chick? I love you. You're this, that. He says, we're all bad. You're a commodity, and we're going to use you for three, four, five years. And if you don't make it by then, and uh, we're going to put you aside, and we're going to groom the next guy that we can uh, have go on. I mean, that's that's what he said when I w was reflecting and asking a Q&A session with Chicky. And, and, you know, it was interesting conversation. But the same thing here. You got you have some people that will look at, hey, you know what? We're going to make this kid a commodity. We're going to bring him along. We're going to protect him. And then we're going to 
put him in there and see how he does. And if he doesn't pan out, ah, you know, so we got our money back and we're going to go on to the next. Or if he makes it, then we'll keep continuing and improving and, and see how long we can ride that horse. That's why they call a stable of fighters. I'm sorry, I didn't want to go there. But don't boom. And now for his next act, he's going to try and make jello from pudding. Yeah, yeah. Bill Cosby's uh, famous. Anyway, um, one other fight from Friday night. Uh, U.S. Olympian Jose Ramirez, you know, as uh, Bernardo Suna would say, uh, improved to 20 and 0 with 15 knockouts when he scored a second round knockout over Jake uh, Guricio uh, on Friday night in Nevada, in Reno. Uh, Guricio drops to 21, six losses and a draw. That's what uh, took place uh, this past weekend uh, on Friday and Saturday. And uh, we got, uh, well, let's get, let's get everybody uh, uh, caught up with some other sports scores real quick. And then I got an email to read. Um, over in the NBA, uh, the Cavaliers uh, win the series against the Raptors four to zip uh, when they beat the Raptors yesterday, 109 to 102. Uh, the Wizards, on the other hand, are making it a series against the uh, uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, they tie the series with a uh, two, at two games apiece with a 121-102 to blowout win uh, over the Celtics yesterday. And also tying the series was the Houston Rockets. They beat the Spurs 125-104. to That series now is tied two games apiece. Uh, so the Cavs get to rest a little bit to see who they're going to fight, uh, who, who they're going to fight next, who they're going to play next. And uh, the Wizards uh, and uh, uh, the Celtics and the Rockets and the Spurs uh, got uh, a couple of more games, at least two more games, possibly three, uh, to uh, continue those series. Now, over in the NHL, we got some playoffs going on as well. Uh, the Predators beat the Boston, I mean, the St. Louis Blues 3-1. to one. They win that series four games to two. And they get to move on. Uh, now, uh, the Oilers uh, were down to the quack-quack ducks, but uh, they destroyed the quack-quack ducks who couldn't lay an egg. Uh, uh, but, but they almost did. Uh, but 7-1, uh, the, the to one, the Oilers beat them uh, to force a seventh game. Uh, so this uh, series goes all the way to the end, and uh, we will get uh, a seventh game. Uh, for that one over in the NHL. Now, Major League Baseball, how about those hapless Mets uh, and uh, Harvey? You know, uh, Matt Harvey, who knows? You may never see him in the Mets uniform again. I hope uh, somebody else picks him up and uh, absorbs all the baggage that this guy brings. He didn't show up yesterday for his start and uh, subsequently uh, has been uh, uh, suspended uh, by the New York Mets for three games. And uh, we'll see what happens. If you recall, he, he didn't show up for a, a playoff game last year and uh, says he uh, was doing some things. And, oh, my goodness, look at the time. And they said, stay home. We don't need you. Uh, nonetheless, the Mets maybe needed him because they lost to the Marlins 7 to nothing. The pitching combined and gave up 13 hits. The Mets, the guys who started hitting the ball, one hit for the whole game. One hit. 7 nothing. The Mets are sad. Uh, some other scores: the Blue Jays beat the Rays two to one. The Orioles blanked the White Sox four to nothing. The Cardinals took fourteen innings to beat the Braves six to four. The Brewers over the Pirates 
6-2. The Red Sox beat up the Twins 17-6. The Indians shut out wow. the Royals 1-zip. The Phillies over the Nationals in 10 innings, 6-5. Uh, the Rockies uh, beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. The the Astro? The Astros beat the Angels 5-3. The A's over the Tigers 8-6. The Mariners over the Rangers 4-3. The Reds shut out the Giants for Zippo. Uh, the Dodgers and Padres game was postponed. And, oh, yeah, the Yankees and Cubs just finished their game. They went 18 innings, and the Yankees win the game 5-4, to four, sweep the existing uh, World Series champion Chicago Cubs, and improved to 20-9, and nine, one of the best records, if not the best record, I think, in baseball. So congratulations to your Yankees, Sal. Thank you You got any uh, thoughts on the Yankees and their uh, uh, young bombers coming through or what? I'll tell you, I, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Now, if the Giants get on the same pathway with some – Good young blood coming up and uh, put it together. That'd be great. But you know what? Uh, I'm a I'm a New York Yankee fan through and through. I bleed pinstripes, and man, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this year. They're looking good. I hope they keep and sustain that momentum to the end. Well, I don't because I'm a disgruntled <laughs> Met fan. But uh, we got an email. This one's from uh, my man Joel. He says, uh, "Hey, Billy C, with a big boxing weekend just passing us, I was curious if you and Sal are excited for the big big fight this weekend." Uh, between uh, James Tony and Mike Shepard for the World Boxing Foundation's heavyweight title. I wasn't sure if you and Sal already have your tickets to attend this monster fight. Uh, obviously, I'm only joking, but I was curious on your and Sal's thoughts. Um, you know, listen, I, I know that Mike Shepard is a tough guy. Um, you know, I've uh, had him on some of my shows and he actually upset China Smith uh, in a fight for the other WBF title. Um, but Mike Shepard is just that, a tough guy. Uh, he's 40 years old. James Tony, I think, is 67 years old, and he's more of a, a veteran. Um, l- let me just say this, Sal. The last time I saw Mike Shepard, he knocked out China Smith in our main event in Florida. And uh, the night before the fight, and China Smith, I'll, I'll never forget his comments after the fight. He says, I retired. I've already cemented my legacy. I'm like, legacy? You know, does anybody legacy. know? Does somebody better whisper <laughs> into his ear that there's no legacy for China Smith. But uh, the truth of the matter was, was Mike Shepard was drinking beers poolside. Literally, drink, he had a six-pack of beer that he was drinking before that fight. Yes, wow. he comes to fight. He's a gym teacher. Uh <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's got to fight those kids uh, what they want to do for Jim. But uh, uh, I doubt he's really uh, going to be in top physical condition. He will come to fight. He will try his hardest. Uh, but James Tony, I-, I don't get this fight. Uh, these guys, uh, like you've said, I mean, they have the right. As long as they pass the, the, the medicals, they have the right to continue to fight. But what kind of, I-, I mean, talk about no... Uh, pop at all with a with a boxing organization, a sanctioning organization that would sanction a fight with these two guys as their world champion. What's your thoughts on the fight and the uh, foundation uh, uh, even putting their title on the line for this joke of a matchup? Uh, you know, it's it's a little sour for me. I'm not going to comment too much about it, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens and uh, may the best man win. I uh, I really don't have too many comments to say about it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, James Tony. I, you know, come to think of it, James Tony hasn't fought in a while, so I don't understand how these, uh, uh, how these, you know, promoters, and uh, worse than promoters, the sanctioning bodies, how they can uh, justify making a, a title fight for a fighter that's been out so long. I mean, a great example of it is even Saturday night. I mean, Lucas Matisse was out over 18 months, and that was for some kind of a regional title. That wasn't even a regional title. I think it was an intercontinental belt or something. Um, you know, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, you know, if you're out for more than a year, you shouldn't be allowed to compete for a, a, a championship of any kind. What do you think? No, I think that's, you know what? I think that's a great new standardized law they should have. You know, you're dormant. You're not fighting. You're not active. You're not around for a year. Why should you get the opportunity to come in your first fight back and fight for whatever title they invent? I mean, that's that's what's so pathetic, Bill. We've said it over and over again. You know, you have so many belts. It's, it's like participation medals. And it, it's just, it just, it's ruining if it has not already ruined the sport. You know, you could buy a belt here and there, and the promoters and the world-sanctioning bodies, they they do it. It's all about the greed and the money. That's the definition of boxing. I just looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary. and uh, oh, oh, kids are today are going, Dictionary? Dictionary? Webster's? What's that? What's that? Is, is that? is that another name for Google? Is that another name for Siri? You know, but uh, anyway, oh, uh, Triple G. Funny. Uh, taking on Canelo Alvarez, finally. Um, finally. You know, my thoughts on this fight initially is, number one, I, I, I do think that Canelo's going to give Triple G all he can handle. And no one's a bigger fan of Triple G than myself. But I, I do believe that um, either he's doubting himself. There's something going on with Triple G. His last two performances weren't by accident. I, he's just not the same fighter. Uh, I think Canelo was successful in waiting. Uh, he seems yeah. to be at his peak, and I think Triple G is is on the downward slide. Uh, but with that said, I do think it'll be a good fight. Um, you know, I, I I'm not so sure that Canelo can knock out Triple G. He has demonstrated that he's got a solid chin, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see which style fight that Canelo employs because. Um, Triple G is such a good uh, ring general. He can cut the ring off and control the fight. Although he didn't really look like he was ready to exchange with Daniel Jacobs in his last fight. He respected Jacobs' power. And I'm just curious to know what you think. Do you think he's going to have that in the back of his mind against Canelo? Do you think he's looking at Canelo as a power puncher? Or do you think he's looking at him as more of a technician when it comes to, to, to boxing because, let's face it, Sal, Canelo looks, I mean, just like Dak said on our post-fight show, I mean, every fighter looks good when they're punching a punching bag, a heavy bag, exactly. uh, and that's exactly. pretty much what uh, Canelo was doing. But he is technically sound. Uh, and, you know, Canelo trying, I mean, uh, Chavez trying to box, outbox Canelo, really put Chavez in a position where he was down two uh, points in a sense because number one he was trying to outbox a boxer that's down one and number two he still was standing right in front of Canelo which is number two because you know I think a fighter that can give Canelo angles a la Floyd Mayweather and any other fighter with movement is going to give Canelo trouble he hasn't proven to me that he's gotten over that hurdle yet 
but I do think he's going to give Triple G all the trouble uh, that he's worth. What kind of style do you think Triple G will uh, employ against uh, Canelo and vice versa? How do you think Canelo will approach Triple G? I mean, we got tons of months to talk about this, but as of now, early onset, what do you think? Yeah, we have. What do we have? About four months. So uh, they... They, uh, a little less than the 18 months, but they uh, definitely been talking about for 18 months. So I think that uh, they definitely have enough time to prepare. Uh, I would try to, I think I'm going to see Canelo trying to outbox Triple G. Um, and I see Triple G just doing what he knows best, that is cutting off the ring. Uh, he's not going to have to look too hard to find Canelo. And I just hope that he can implement his style where he's going to be looking to get the body shots, uh, wear down and break down Canelo. That's what I see him systematically trying to utilize. And I see Canelo maybe just trying to pick his shots and outbox and give uh, Triple G some different angles to look at. Uh, In the end, I'll go what I originally said. You know, a fighter is viewed today only as good as his last performance, his last fight. And Triple G, last time's out, uh, two times out, he hasn't looked like the Triple G we all envision him looking like. And uh, how many fights does he have left? Maybe one, maybe three. Who knows? I mean, the guy has has had a stellar career. Maybe this could be his one last only, uh, his final fight. I don't know. He's got to rise to the occasion, and I'm sure he will. He's been there, done that. So... I'm going to see, and I'm going to make an early prediction. I could see Triple G uh, breaking down uh, systematically and methodically uh, Canelo, no matter how much Canelo is going to try to outbox and, and pick some heavy shots and do what he can do. And uh, I, I see it a good being a great fight for about five, six rounds, but I'll see a late round knockout by Triple G. You know, or stoppage. I I, uh, go down. I I agree. I I think that this fight could very well be the last fight of Triple G's career um, because if he wins this fight, he's got zero left to prove except maybe uh, trying to get that last belt, uh, whoever may have it at that time. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't know who I'm picking yet. I really think it's a 50-50 fight, and as much as I love Triple G, Canelo, uh, Canelo looks, he looks good. And, uh, you know, I'm not just judging that by his performance against uh, Junior. Um, He's uh, at the peak of his career in terms of age and size and strength. He's 26 years old. Uh, He's almost got uh, 10 years on uh, Triple G. And, you know, I know he says he's fought the best, but, you know, Floyd Mayweather was the best and, and he did have some other... Uh, good wins over top-notch opposition, but a lot of his fights early in his career were against uh, uh, nonchalant. So, I mean, yes, he's up there right now. There's no question. We can't take anything away from Canelo, and uh, we can't take anything away from Triple G. And I do believe early on, Sal, that this fight will live up to the hype. But uh, listen, let's hold that thought. Uh, We are going to continue our discussion on the uh, fight between uh, Triple G and uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez. We'll also get uh, Dax Khan's thoughts on it, as well as his thoughts on his final thoughts on the uh, uh, Canelo win over uh, Junior, if you want to call that a fight, uh, in about uh, two minutes. So Sal and I will take a break, and we'll be back with the infamous Dax Khan. 
Billy C. We'll be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching The Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, don't forget about our app. What, you don't have it yet? We'll download it now. Just go to uh, Fight, that's F-I-T-E, fight.tv slash Billy C, and download our app right now. So you can watch the show on your handheld. And don't forget, speaking of Fight TV, we have a... uh, a, a basically a feed right on our front page of our website, www.billycboxing.com, where you can watch all the pay-per-views that Fight TV offers. And they offer a lot of ones that you can't see on regular TV, uh, especially the ones from the other side of that big old pond we call the ocean. So uh, definitely check out the website uh, and read the articles. We've got some great stuff going on on billycboxing.com. Well, joining me right now, uh, is uh, uh, not only Sal Rocky Senecola, but we also got uh, Dax Khan uh, joining us. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. Good morning, Dax. How is everybody today? Not too bad. Uh, what's your final thoughts, first and foremost, on if you've got any ones that have changed, which I doubt it, but uh, any final thoughts on the uh, win uh, from uh, Sal Canelo Alvarez over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. on Saturday night's... Uh, <clears throat> Not worth it, pay per view. My my thoughts on it haven't changed. Um, you know, it's the public's thoughts that count. And as I stated the other day, and we spoke about, you know, I was going to uh, gather a few thoughts uh, from uh, people on social media. You know, some people, you know, who have the, um, the some of the best thoughts, the way they summed it up. And I think that's uh, the most important because that's what the promoters need to pay attention to. Shoot, what did they say? All right, well, uh, we'll start out with uh, Lupe Contreras, the ring announcer. Um, Lupe always has something uh, witty to say, but, uh, you know, one of his comments was, you know, so this was really an infomercial for the Canelo Triple G fight. And in a way, he's right. You know, this is what what it was. It was more or less an infomercial. Yeah, wait a minute. Before you go on, 
I agree with that. And do you I think? Too. Yeah, but do you think that either one of you think that Chavez? I mean, listen, his performance. Uh, with his quotes, he's saying, you know, I, I would have moved in and threw more punches, but then he would have countered me and hit me more. You know, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. You know, the more I think about that now, l listening to that, which is uh, uh, which is pretty much dead on, do you think the fight was fixed? I mean, guys, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez looked like he never really cared about this fight. I mean, it looked like he was there to go to distance, and they already had Triple G who said he wasn't going to be ringside. They already have the date. They already have the contract signed. Was this just a stepping stone fight? I mean, let's use the F word, not that one. Let's use the fix. Was the fight fixed? A, a lot of people are questioning that. Even even a lot of professional fighters have uh, openly stated, you know, it looked like it was a fix because Chavez Jr. literally just didn't try. Um, uh, Gianna uh, Garbelli, who we know from over in, in uh, Italy, um, she said, uh, we've seen a great fight in London on April 29th. That was boxing. This was a shame. It had to happen. It was an embarrassment to the sport. It's true. It was true. It That's was an embarrassment. Dax, well, give me some other quotes. What else you got? I'm sorry. Do you have any other quotes? Oh yeah, we did. and a couple. Of the, the last two who I think are, are really on was uh, James, James uh, uh, Monteverdi, who listens to the show, made a very valid point when he said, uh, in terms of this pay per view, after a. Uh, in reply to a post that I had stated and how the boxing public seems easily fooled and how easily they were sold into this fight. Uh, he said, it's all smoke and mirrors in the boxing game. And that's why the rats rule over the lions. They paint a perception to the fans. They make all the money and all the lions, like the ones in the zoo, get replaced by the younger, eager lions and the ones who are easier to sell. Hmm. Well, uh, listen, I, a lot of these comments, I think, are the, the majority of people's thoughts, to be honest with you. It is, and the best comment of all, and which really, if I had anything to say, uh, you know, I would actually, you know, more or less repeat these words, and that was by uh, Peter Silkoff, who made a comment that's totally just summed up the event, not only just um, the fight itself, but the whole promotion. You know, he says, you know, don't blame Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. for what happened in the fight. Uh, blame the people who sold you the fight and told you these were two Mexican legends and a fight that's never going to be forgotten. Uh, he pities the poor fans that think of the Marco Antonio Brera versus Eric Morales. Uh, they pity the fans who think about the Julio Cesar Chavez uh, senior fights. Um, he pities the fans who had their uh, money ripped from their wallets literally by a grinning Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, Julio fought like somebody who had less than a handful of fights, yet Alvarez was still unable to stop him. It was simply a work-like performance from Alvarez, who, who often looked like he didn't know where he was going to throw the punches or what he was supposed to do, just going about it in a robotic fashion. The truth is, these men are not true Mexican greats. Canelo is a media creation molded expertly by Oscar De La Hoya. He's molded but, tech and, uh, but mechanical with all the flexibility of Toffee. Julio Jr. was tough and brave and up to a point but chasing his father's leg legacy, but you know, that time has passed. And uh, this is his basic and moderate talent. It was clearly evident Saturday night. Chavez Sr. would have had a better chance against Canelo on that night. It was another big payday for Canelo and a big payday for and hopefully will last for Chavez Jr. But the man with the biggest smile at the end of the night was Gennady Golovkin, and rightfully so. All right. That's how they really feel. <laughs> well, let, well, let's talk about that right now. Well, but before well, we talk about that, I, I want to throw one more uh, question at you, Dax, uh, about the pay-per-view. And that uh, pretty much is the uh, uh, is pretty much the fight 
between David Lemieux and, and Marco Reyes, uh, you know, like Sal said, a win's a win. And, and David Lemieux, uh, by today's standards, was being busy because he just recently fought and got, you know, a, uh, a replay, a, a classic knockout over Curtis Stevens. Uh, yeah. But his performance against Reyes, now maybe this was the wrong guy to pick if you were looking for Lemieux to, you know, try to get another knockout. I mean, this guy had a granite chin. Uh, was going nowhere, was bigger, et cetera, et cetera. But in my opinion, David Lemieux showed that he's still a work in progress. I mean, this guy needs to uh, defend himself a little better in terms of defense and head movement, and he certainly needs to know how to knock out an opponent rather than just go after the head. What was your thoughts on that fight? Well, you know, that's something we seem to find ourselves saying a little bit more and more, and we will later on uh, when we speak about some other fighters, is, you know, a work in progress. These guys are world champions. These are guys with 20 and 30, 40, you know, more, even more fights, you know. Where is the work? You know, the work should be done. Um, as far as David Lemieux, as I stated Saturday, he regressed. We've seen him um, improve his boxing ability. I've given him credit for it in the past. Uh, he didn't incorporate any to that. He didn't use any of the head movement that he incorporated in his style. He didn't throw any combination punches. He totally headhunted, as you stated. Uh, you know, the fans, in terms of you know what they had to say, matter of fact, believe it or not, Marcos Reyes was the guy who seemed to receive the most appreciation on Saturday night. And they're the ones that the fans have uh, literally labeled the one with the Mexican heart on Saturday. It just kind of shows to prove that even though in this era where um, it kind of seems where the, the guy that sold the best is the one that's more appreciated. There are still a lot of fans out there that appreciate that hard effort, just like they did with uh, Vladimir Klitschko and his loss to Anthony Joshua. They appreciate the efforts of Marcos Reyes because that's what boxing is about. Even though if you're going to lose, you got to go out on the shield. And that's what Marcos Reyes did. And you know what? You have to appreciate that. He earned his money definitely, and so did David Lemieux. As for Chavez Senior, Jr. and for Canelo, I don't know, but you know something? I'm sure they're happy. You know, I, I think you uh, hit it right on the head, and this is right up your alley, Sal. You know, fans appreciate fighters that give it their all. You know, Arturo Gotti oh, yeah. was loved by his fans. Uh, Boom Boom Mancini, loved by his fans. Mickey Ward, uh, Marco Antonio Barrara, Eric Morales. I mean, these were all fighters that refused to, to ever quit. Uh, in their corner uh, or anything else. And, and I don't find it surprising that the fans rallied behind Marco Reyes, uh, especially with that severe cut. I mean, uh, the cut was bad, and uh, he took some hellacious shots from, uh, uh, from David Lemieux and did not go down and, and ended up, uh, you know, making it to the final bell. What's your thoughts on these kinds of uh, fighters, Sal, and the sport of boxing and why the boxing fans love and respect them so much. Well, just just exactly what you said, Bill, because these guys, they have no quit in them. They have no defeat. They, they, they believe in themselves, their ability. Uh, you don't go down. You don't go down. You, you, you do not voluntarily quit a fight, and you're in the mix. And you know what? Till that last bell rings, the fight must go on until you're dropped and counted out. And uh, it's, it's, you know, we don't want to take it into consideration what it does for one's health in the long run, but this is the game of boxing. You know what the repercussions are, what the possibilities are. And you, the bottom line is you choose to be a fighter. That's what fans appreciate, seeing you pull from 
inside and your heart and your mind and that no, no quit. That's the whole thing about boxing and, and creating a fan base. You know, you got a lot of fans out there that like to identify. I said, I said this last week. They, they can identify with certain fighters, whether it's a trait, whether it's something that they appreciate about them, and they can almost live vicariously through that fighter. That's why they're so loyal to fans. They can say, I know what he's feeling. I know this. I Wow, that's how I would. You know, and they see something, and they feel something, and they internalize something like, wow, that's my fighter. That's what I want to do. So when they get behind, they see these guys give it their all, their their heart, their body, their soul, their mind, their passion, and they don't quit unless they're counted out or or just not able to go on. Uh, they are gonna follow that fighter till the end, and that's what that's what creates the passion and the excitement and the drama and the game of boxing. Hey, hey, Dax, uh, that's a great segue for my next question because one of uh, my uh, favorite fighters uh, really let me down this past weekend on Friday night specifically on ESPN uh, Yorikus Gamboa uh, said he basically said no mas after the seventh round did not come out to start the eighth literally quit uh, he did hit the deck a uh, hundred million times in that fight but uh, uh, so what I mean he wasn't he certainly didn't appear to be taking the beating that Marco Reyes was taking from David Lemieux uh, what do you got for us on that fight I said Friday that, you know, Robin Hood was going to go in there and steal the win. Um, he's a guy with a deceiving resume. Uh, much like Marcos Reyes, who we were just speaking about, uh, where I had said Friday and I was wrong. I kind of used the Elvin Aiella fight stating, uh, you know, if he was knocked out by an Aiella, I'm sure David Lemieux should be able to do the same thing. Robin Hood, again, is the same guy. You know, this is somebody who, in his first 10 fights, showed no promise of ever developing a 500 win-loss record. And then after his uh, loss to Mikey Garcia in 2008, he slowly improved. Um, he held the WBC uh, silver featherweight title for two to three years. Um, he even, during that time, had a win over two-division world champion uh, Celestino Caballero. Um, then he gets stopped by a guy that Gamboa beat in his previous outing, Rene Alvarado. He comes back, he scores a win over um, Ronnie Rios, gives him his first defeat of the career, beats veteran uh, Rocky Juarez. Then he gets stopped by Oscar Escanon, uh, which is uh, you know nothing to frown upon. Escanon is a champion now who's going to face Gary Russell Jr. next, I believe. Then he bounces back and dominates uh, Gamboa. Castel, uh, Castellanos may not be a top two or even top five in the, five in the division, but probably, in my opinion, you know, he's a genuinely uh, top ten guy at featherweight. He's somebody who I don't believe is going to go out there and beat the best, but he's definitely capable of hanging in there with anybody um, at the featherweight division. And remember, this was a 133-pound fight. Castellanos has never fought above the featherweight limit, so that's even a little bit more special. Uh, uh, not more special, but that kind of adds to the win. As far as Gamboa, you know, he's done. You and I seen this um, starting to be evident against Highland Williams Jr. a couple years ago, and when he struggled in his previous outing against Rene Alvarado, who has a win over Castellanos, I think it's safe to say, as you stated earlier, anything out uh, here on out for Gamboa, he's either going to be a name on a resume for a guy coming up, or, you know, he's just going to be fighting guys C-level or below just to stay active and collect the paychecks. You know, but um, as far as uh, Yuri Arcus Gamboa, there's some new things that I came across with over this week, and that kind of explains a lot, and it's stuff that was uh, suspected, and, um, you know, and I think right now, you know, the writing's on the wall, and when you see what Gamboa has done in the last two or three years and the way he's declined, you know, it's very obvious, and it's almost impossible to dispute. 
Yeah. No, uh, I, uh, I'm very extremely disappointed in uh, Gamboa. But uh, all right, now the big question today is uh, the future fight uh, way in September, but still, it's uh, everyone's talking about it now. Uh, I, I don't think it's as talked about yet as Anthony Joshua's win over Klitschko, but uh, but Triple G facing Canelo finally. Uh, Dax, what's your thoughts on, on that fight? I refuse to get excited about it until uh, a contract is actually signed. We heard about this after the Cotto fight. Uh, it was guaranteed. Same thing happened. People stepped into the ring. They agreed. They I don't believe they gave a date, but it was guaranteed to be within another fight or so. If it happens, it'd be a great fight. Um, I do edge uh, Golovkin because of his experience and his calmness in the ring. Um, even though Canelo has vastly improved, there's still a lot of flaws. Even ones in the Chavez Jr. fight where he had nothing coming back on him, I've seen a lot of mistakes that he made where Triple G would capitalize on it. And when Triple G capitalizes on those type of mistakes, guys go to sleep. Uh, there's a big difference between Daniel Jacobs and Canelo Alvarez because Daniel Jacobs is a lot bigger, and he was definitely a lot bigger that night in the ring. And um, Canelo, he's a strong fighter physically. He has better than average power, but he doesn't have one-punch knockout power. Daniel Jacobs does, and that was the big difference on um, why uh, Golovkin chose to box a little more than walk in on him. Against uh, somebody like Canelo, I think he'd be able to walk in on, and if Canelo went to the ropes like he did against Chavez Jr., I don't see Triple G backing out after two or three punches. No, uh, first, right of all, the, first of all, they, uh, they claim that the both sides of the uh, contract are signed and it's set for September 16th so unless an wow. injury comes up or some other shenanigans uh, so according to both teams uh, it's fully executed the contract so which throws us back to what you uh, were saying earlier that maybe uh, the, the Canelo uh, Chavez Jr. fight was fixed you know but uh, uh, and it was an infomercial for, for the Triple G um, you know uh, Canelo fight but I agree with with you, Dax, and and I'm sure uh, uh, you know Sal's going to have an opinion on this too. But I I, I don't think that Canelo is going to employ any kind of a, a game attack, a fight plan like he fought against Chavez. I think you're going to see him trying to move more and box more, and try to put his boxing skill set on display. And that if he does do that is actually in Triple G's favor because no one cuts off the ring and masters and controls the ring as well as Triple G. Now, I will admit that he didn't look like he did it too well against Danny Jacobs, but I think, Dax, I think you're right. I think he respected the one-punch knockout power of Jacobs. Uh, I still believe he should have went after Danny uh, because Daniel Jacobs' uh, uh, weak point is his chin. Uh, so I would have thought that uh, Triple G would have... Uh, uh, been able to uh, land uh, a couple of powerful shots that would have dropped uh, Danny Jacobs uh, and and knocked him out, uh, which he failed to do. Uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez has displayed he's got a good chin, but I don't think he's been hit by a guy like Triple G. Uh, and if, uh, if Canelo does want to make that fight a phone booth fight and stand in front of Triple G, I think that Triple G um, is good for that as well. The only thing that I think that Canelo might do better than Triple G is counterpunch. I think that uh, Canelo has become a, a very efficient counterpuncher. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts, uh, first starting with you, uh, Sal? 
Well, I think Canelo has become a good counterpuncher. But I think Triple G is also a decent counterpuncher, although he's always leading in. And uh, being on the offensive, I, I think he's capable of, of, of counterpunching. And, you know, these two fighters, they shouldn't have to look for each other too difficult or too hard. Uh, as I said, I think Canelo's going to think he can outbox Triple G for a while. But as Dax was referring to, I think just Triple G is that much better of a technician. I think he will cut the ring off. I think that he will uh, not be as respectful of uh, uh, Canelo's punching power as he was in the Daniel Jacobs fight. And I don't think that uh, Canelo is going to be as big as Daniel Jacobs was. And I think that uh, Triple G, like I said early, I see him breaking down Canelo. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a very good fight. I see the first five, six rounds being a really good competitive fight. But I just think that Triple G's heavy-handed approach and the way he can break down an opponent, I think he's going to hit Canelo to the side. I think he's going to slow him down, especially if Canelo gets onto the ropes or, or goes to, uh, gets uh, cut off into the corner. And I just think uh, what Chavez could not accomplish with his three-punch combination when uh, Canelo was on the ropes, I think Triple G is going to deliver with an exclamation mark. And that's going to be the difference. He's going to break him down. Uh, on that level, and I think it's going to be a late fight stoppage. I don't think it'll go to the 12th. What do you think, Dax? Well, as you well, just back to the Daniel Jacobs point, you know, you kind of, Bill, contradicted yourself with something that we've been talking about for two weeks now on how well, he should have went after Jacobs because Jacobs' weak point in his chin. As we've seen on Saturday night with a David Lemieux and Marcos Reyes, a guy who the chin was the big question. Marcos Reyes never went anywhere. Vladimir Klitschko against Anthony Joshua. The big question there was, can Vladimir Klitschko take it on the chin? Up until the knockout and even um, in that round, Vladimir Klitschko took shots that would have stopped uh, almost everybody else in the division, and rightfully so. And how Vladimir stayed up through a lot of those is beyond um, my understanding, and Vladimir had been knocked out before by lesser fighters, so you know something, the chin isn't always a guarantee, and when you have somebody in there as big as a Daniel Jacobs, you know what, why bank on that, or why take a foolish chance knowing that he has that firepower to come back, and as for the counterpunching, Canelo has definitely improved in his counterpunching, but some of Triple G's best knockouts and highlight reel knockouts have come through a counterpunch. Alright, guys, how about, the, how about this? You know, um, and and I think Dax uh, reported this uh, several uh, weeks ago, a month or so ago. Um, Triple G, in his last at least two fights, I, I know the last two for sure, maybe even three, uh, has um, has not been a hundred percent by fight time. And I think Dax, uh, you suggested that you know what are they doing to this guy? Uh, they got to change something around. He's coming down with colds and fevers and, and just, you know, last time he had some cold sores on him. And, uh, you know, he needs to be 100% against Canelo. And, and then on the other side of the coin, Canelo, who had been running out of gas during this fight, seemingly did not run out of gas on Saturday night against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. How do you see these guys approaching uh, the fight against each other, Dax? I mean... Um, do you think that uh, the issue that we talked about with Triple G and, and, you know, them doing the same routine over and over is resulting in him 
getting uh, sick or not being 100% or whatever, do they have to change that now that they keep uh, business as usual? He is undefeated. And what does uh, Canelo do? Uh, does he incorporate the same uh, conditioning program that he did for Junior? I think if he's going to go in there against Triple G, I w uh, definitely the conditioning program he did for Junior is the one. Um, if anything, though, I think he should probably add a little bit more to his cardio just in case that comes in late. And, you know, Triple G, who is willing to stand there and trade, and Triple G, who is known to be a devastating punch, body puncher in his own right, we all know how those body punches take a lot out of somebody. And into those late rounds, uh, Canelo's going to need all the gas he can. Canelo is not fleet-footed, so he would definitely have to add a lot more into there. As far as Triple G not looking spectacular in his last two fights you know this is what an argument that i get into with a lot of people over this over, over those last two fights you know against the kel brook fight it's not that he didn't look sensational kel brook one is a very large welterweight number two kel brook is very fast canelo had equal amount of trouble if not even more trouble with amir khan early on where amir khan was able to uh, land at will canelo was banking on that knockout which did come uh triple g um, you know, I believe he was a little bit surprised by Kell Brook's speed and power. Kell Brook, I believe he hit a little bit harder than Triple G expected, even though Triple G was never hurt, but he was just a little bit surprised. And against uh, Daniel Jacobs, he did the right thing. He fought a smart, tactical fight. Just because you can go out there and knock guys out doesn't mean you always have to go out there and knock guys out. And the difference between a very good fighter and a great fighter is the guy who knows when to step it up, when to put his foot on the gas, and when to hit that break a little bit. And that's Triple G seems to know how to do and when you are able to knock guys out but you can sit there and rely on your boxing ability if you need to that makes you an even better fighter and actually raises you up a level or two and that would be the difference in this fight and that has been the difference in the Triple G fight against uh, his best opponents namely say a uh, David Lemieux and even a, um, a Daniel Jacobs who made it a very close fight and a lot of people have an argument for Jacobs winning that fight but you know something that showed Triple G just didn't need power Triple G can buy can Canelo do everything and incorporate that when he has to, or is he only able to incorporate that against the smaller guys or when somebody's not throwing back at him? Uh, Triple G, uh, you're right. Uh, Triple G, if he can incorporate the jab uh, the way he did uh, against uh, uh, Kel Brook or, or even against, uh, um, what's his name, uh, the kid from uh, Rochester, um, that he, uh, he he used a jab William against Monroe Jr. yeah Monroe Jr. Thanks, uh, my mind is going blank. William Monroe Jr. He did uh, uh, incorporate the jab there. Uh, one last question for you, Dax, and then uh, we can catch you later in the week. And by the way, programming note for everyone: we will not be doing a live show on Friday, so uh, check your local listings for uh, uh, replays of uh, another show. Um, the question I, I wanted to ask you. Will the long layoff, which uh, for Triple G uh, is going to be, you know, fairly, fairly substantial. I mean, he does like to fight two or even three times a year. Uh, this is going to be a, a break. He would have liked to have fought uh, in between his last fight in September. Do you think this somewhat long break will uh, help or hurt Triple G? That, that's a very good question. It may it may help him because 
you know, it gives him more time to prepare more mentally than physically. You know, he always comes in shape. That's not a question. But, you know, mentally, uh, you know, he's able to, him and Abel Sanchez are able to really sit down and put together the proper game plan. You know, Triple G likes to study his opponents, and I know Abel Sanchez likes to study the opponents of his fighters, and they will pick out whatever flaws they see. And I don't think that they're going to use the Chavez Jr. fight as something that they're going to look at and say, you know what, this is what we need to do. I think they're going to use a lot of other um, past fights. I think maybe a good fight for them to use would possibly be the um, the Amir Khan fight, where um, it's very similar on, you know, they both fought a smaller guy, and they're able to see, you know what, I know what I did wrong. Let me see what he did wrong. And with me being the smaller guy, meaning Triple G, uh, physically overall, even though he's been at middleweight and Canelo at 154 pounds, you know, there's stuff that they're going to be able to uh, capitalize on with each one. And Triple G is a guy who doesn't like to spend a lot of time walking around in the media and showing off and talking about uh, you know, build, building things up. He's a man of limited words. You know, he's more business. And Canelo, the more as time goes on, especially after this, his head gets bigger and bigger and he's a little bit more celebrity. So that's going to be definitely a difference inside there. One guy's going to be more mentally prepared than the other one. And I think one is going to win there kind of thinking he already has this one. So that will be the difference on Saturday night. And the layoff is not going to have anything to do with it, in my opinion. Not Saturday night in September. Uh, 19th and um, you know that's going to be the difference here the layoff isn't going to be the difference Dax I appreciate it hopefully we'll get you uh, again later in the week my man all right that's Dax Khan and uh, we can uh, look for him uh, later in the week and uh, as for uh, Sal and myself we're going to take a short break right now and uh, when we get back I got a I got a question for Sal that uh, hopefully Hopefully is it he, multiple uh, choice? No, it's not. It's not. But uh, hopefully he'll have a, 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 the right answer, even though there really is no right or wrong answer. But uh, either way, okay. we will be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway, and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal, and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214, because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad to be with you today. 
And, uh, hey, you know what? Check out our website, www.billycboxing.com. And uh, don't forget about Gawk Box. What is it? Check it out. Sign up. We can save you money. And uh, you can help us out, too. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com. And once you get past the giant Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria banner that uh, Sal's uh, uh, new uh, uh, best buddy, Jeremy, put up, uh, you'll see the Gawk Box banner. So uh, click on that one. I don't know what you and uh, your buddy did, but uh, I, I bring up the site the other day and uh, bam, it's like, oh, man, what, what is this, Sal's new website? Oh, oh, no, it's my website with Sal's banner on it. You know, I'm like, uh, okay, you know, so uh, anyway. Hey, Sal, I got a good question for you. Um, the fight uh, that <laughs> okay. we're talking about, Triple G uh, going up against uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, uh, scheduled for September 16th. It's four months away. Yes. As a fighter, for arguably the biggest fights of both their careers at this point, do you start training now? Uh, when does training start? I mean, Canelo just uh, got done with, uh, you know, arguably a, a great training camp. He, he displayed his conditioning by standing between rounds, did not run out of gas at all, did not fight in spurts at all uh, against uh, Chavez. And now, um, you know, uh, Triple G, who's been off for a few months, uh, you got to assume he's, you know, maybe just been going through the motions in the gym, not really seriously f training for a fight. But when did these guys uh, start the, the training for this matchup? Well, it's funny you should say that. And I think these are, let's, let's get it clear. These are two seasoned professionals. They've been there. They've done that. They know their bodies. They know their minds. They will probably both plan and backtrack from the fight date. What they're going to need, what they need to do to prepare. Uh, mentally, they start engaging it right now, and uh, because it's, it becomes an obsession, it becomes a, you put the blinders on, and what you do is you eat, sleep, and drink your opponent on that level. And I think they're relatively in in good shape at, to begin with. These guys don't get. Very much out of shape in between fights, and I think if they continue to, uh, you know, Canelo should should certainly take maybe a week or two off, and uh, just just let his body recover and uh, be fine, and then you know you start a you start a, a program, uh, just keeping loose. You know, you don't want the muscles to atrophy or or to to to, to shorten up. You keep stretching. You keep the body agile and, and flexible, and you do go to the gym. Uh, but now here's the thing. They have a fight date and have their opponents in mind. So everything they do from this point on is going to be geared to peak at that date. Too many times you start too early, you're going to peak before, and you're going to be listless, you're going to be uh, spent, and you're going to be uh, not showing up the way you should be. They can't do that. And that's why I'm saying you backtrack from the date to get to your best possible optimum time to just enter that ring. Most fighters find it comfortable to, to get into great shape uh, six to eight weeks before a fight. And I think they will keep relatively in shape. I think they'll be doing drills. I think they'll be looking and studying their opponents, uh, their opponent, and uh, watching the films with their trainers and uh, seeing some things that, that, uh, that they can train and capitalize on. But again, I think uh, they're going to wait to six to eight weeks before that fight date to really, really be in camp 
and to to really uh, backtrack with, and look at what they're going to outline for sparring, for drilling, for conditioning, for everything else. So that's how they do it. I mean, f at this point, wouldn't it be a smart move? I mean, everybody's always talking about overtraining and you know running out of gas because he overtrained or you know has nothing on his punches because he overtrained. Um, would it make sense for these guys to at least now, even though it's four months away, uh, start to work on conditioning and possibly when and if there's any weight, uh, you know, issues that they have to address. I mean, obviously, Canelo uh, just weighed in at, at the contracted weight of 164 and a half pounds for, uh, for Chavez. I, I mean, is there anything they start on now, or are they going to do all the PR stuff, do the tours, and then get down to business? I mean, w what would you think? I, I know you were pretty um, extensive with your explanation before, but could you add anything with the conditioning aspect and, and maybe uh, you know working on weight, even though both fighters have never had a problem with weight? Well, I think right now, just you, you look at the food you, you take in, you intake, and you know that f food has got to be the fuel. Literally, when it comes to boxing, you are what you eat. In a sense, you have to have your balance of carbohydrates, protein, fats, and, and calories, obviously. So these guys, like I said, they look like they keep in fairly good shape throughout their their, their year, uh, whether they're fighting or not. You've never seen them balloon up to 200 pounds or anything like that. Uh, I think right now they lay the plan out. They're going to do some uh, press releases. Maybe they have a, 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 some kind of promotion going on. But in between, as I said, they can't let their body sit idle. They can't let those muscles that, that, you, that they stretch every day. They got to go through their calisthenics. They got to go through their stretching because they can't have anything short and atrophy. And get this, if they're doing any kind of weight programs, they got to try and keep keep maintaining that for a while. I would think they, they would get into a cardio program, whether it's uh, jogging and running, uh, mixing it up. I think right now, uh, as I said, they should uh, maybe go for their uh, jogs and and uh, then do some uh, implement some wind sprints, maybe do some intervals and training around a track where they can. So you don't want to get the razor too sharp at this point, but you want to have it where you can sharpen it, dull it up a little bit, sharpen it, dull it up a little bit. And then because when you want to peak, you're going to peak it and you're going to keep it sharp. But the bottom line is they should maintain they should go to school, they should prepare, and they should, you know, keep it for the next couple of weeks. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. Sounds like my mother's old cooking. You know, um, I, I tell you, maybe Canelo will, you know, spend some more time at the uh, radio control car tracks and the gun ranges. He seemed like he had a lot of fun uh, preparing for uh, Chavez. But one question uh, that I wanted to ask you before I move on here is... Who do you think seems more into it? I, I, right now, you know, in a hole, I think Canelo Alvarez seems more into his boxing career than Triple G does. Um, I know Triple G is a blue-collar, bring-your-pal-to-work. He does everything as a routine, almost robotic. And I, I think this particular fight, you got to be into it. Uh, the whole mental aspect, not only is this fight going to tax their physical abilities, but... I think it's going to uh, really tax their mental abilities. And, and one of the things that you have to be positive on is the fight itself. You're looking forward to this fight. I'm going to prove to this one. I'm going to prove to that one. 
You know, it's almost like the guy who goes to, you know, two guys going to the same job every day. One guy likes his job. The other guy hates his job. Um, You know, the guy that likes his job is going to be more productive at it. Do you see one of these fighters uh, liking what they do better than the other? I think Canelo does. What's your thoughts? I think you're right on. I think Canelo, you know, he uh, obviously he's a younger fighter. And I think that he right now, you know, feels that he still has many years of his career ahead of him. And this is going to be his signature fight right up to this point. And uh, I think you see that and he's going to be enthusiastic about it. And I think Triple G has got to approach this fight because let's face it, Triple G doesn't have any more than maybe three fights left, in my opinion world-class, let's go to town and bat uh, all-out fights or wars. And this could be his last. And I think he needs to adapt and to get his mindset fixated on training for this fight with the enthusiasm and the fervor as if it's all happening from the get-go and starting. This could be like his pro debut with the enthusiasm. He's got a, he's got a whole career that he's going to signature uh, and, and make a statement with this fight. So he's got to have that revitalization or that enthusiasm of approaching it like it's his first fight and going out in that ring like it might be his last fight. And that's kind of the signature he wants to send off in his legacy as a world champion. So he's got to keep the intensity and, and the passion alive and, and not become stale. And I think he is a professional that can summon it up and uh, and let his mind uh, get into the program that his body will follow. He's a professional, and I, I would think that he's going to do that. And don't take for granted what his last two performances look like, okay? Because he's still, hey, he's still broke. Kel Brooks, eye socket or whatever it was, facial bone. I mean, those are heavy hands that could do that. And he did fight a heavier, a bigger man in Daniel Jacobs. And he did a, a decent enough performance to win. So, you know, I think he's still capable. I think he's a professional. I think he will look at this fight as he can create the enthusiasm uh, for and get up for this fight because he knows the significance of this fight and how valuable it will be if it's his last fight. Good point. Um, definitely good point on that. Uh, tomorrow... Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, I was gonna uh, we are going to uh, talk about uh, Tyson Fury and uh, some announcements that were made uh, concerning his uh, ring return. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Tyson Fury. I was. And um, you know, he's clearly put on a lot of weight. And Frank Warren, his promoter, has got some interesting things to say. And, of course, Tyson Fury has some interesting things to say. And they all kind of uh, revolve around uh, Anthony Joshua. And personally, I think Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the world today. I would much rather see Anthony Joshua face Deontay Wilder right now. But I have a feeling that Deontay Wilder and his team are going to do the uh, Fred Astaire dance and uh, avoid uh, Anthony Joshua at all costs because uh, everyone but Deontay Wilder himself uh, knows that uh, he's a fraud and uh He's a big, strong guy. Will knock me out. Will knock Sal out. Uh, but uh, he's certainly not going to uh, dominate uh, Anthony Joshua or even Klitschko, for that matter. Uh, but uh, anyway, Sal, it's that time again. It's uh, time for our uh, 
trivia question that you know people were uh, begging me for. I won't mention any names, but his initials were Kevin from the chat room, and uh, he hasn't uh, gotten it right yet. And it's a tough one; it really is. I've gotten a lot of uh, wrong answers, uh, but uh, we are going to uh, ask it again. Now, what's on the line is your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Um, so if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin Boxing. Let me spell it for you because a lot of you get it wrong. It's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. So if you're the first one to email me, Billy at TalkinBoxing.com, you'll win uh, a copy of the title bout game. Okay, here's the question. Which former world champion lost the most title fights? Which former world champion lost the most title fights? If you're the first one to email me this answer, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win a copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Now, Sal, I always like to give you uh, the first dibs on this. Maybe you can uh, help him out. Maybe you can get this answer correct right now and uh, force me to go to another one. But uh, I ask you, Sal, which world champion lost the most title fights? Um... Well, um, Jack Dempsey? Mm, no, no, it's okay. uh, it's not Jack Dempsey. It's not Jack that's my, Dempsey. That's so, so, so it's safe to say that the rest of yous out there can still answer this question correctly. If you know who, what former world champion lost the most title fights, email me Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Now on this day. In boxing history, May 8th, a lot of good stuff happened. On this day in 1993, Gerald McLennan knocks out Julian Jackson in the fifth round to win the WBC World Middleweight title, and that took place in Las Vegas on this day in 1993. On this day in 1976, Esteban Di Jesus wins a 15-round decision over Hishimatsu Suzuki uh, to win the WBC World Lightweight title. It took place in Puerto Rico. On this day in 1940, uh, Jimmy Perrin wins a 15-round decision over Bobby Ruffin uh, to win the vacant Louisiana World Featherweight title. That took place in New Orleans. And yes, you heard it correctly, uh, back in that era, there were several states, most of them, as a matter of fact, that were into boxing, had their own world titles. Uh, so uh, most people accepted the New York State world title but uh, some other states got into reindeer games and on this day uh, jimmy perrin uh, won the louisiana world uh, featherweight title on this day in 1987 jeff fennick knocks out uh saymart uh paya yankarun uh in the fourth round to win the wbc world junior featherweight t- title and that took place in australia on this day in 1976 carlos zarati our last uh, blast from the past knocks out rodolfo martinez in the ninth round to win the WBC World Bantamweight title took place in California. And on this day, May 8th, in 1982, Ray Boom Boom Mancini knocks out Art Frias in the first round to win his WBA World Lightweight title, and that took place in Las Vegas on this day, May 8th. Boom Boom Mancini, one of my favorite uh, all-time fighters. Um, don't forget, speaking of blasts in the past, Wednesday, We'll be talking uh, about Miguel Cantu, 
uh, as our blast from the past this week. Sal, Rocky, Senecola, any final thoughts as we wrap it up today? No, I think we covered a good uh, post-fight weekend, and uh, we will have plenty to say as we follow along the path to September 16th showdown. This is true, and uh, don't forget to tune in uh, tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the latest news. We've got some emails we'll read. And, of course, uh, uh, Frank Warren and his announcement about Tyson Fury returning. We'll talk about that and some thoughts on that and the heavyweight division and more. We'll be talking between now and September about uh, the showdown between Triple G uh, and uh, Canelo Alvarez. So uh, I'll leave you guys with this. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. Dan and then 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 and